0: Welcome to episode 5 of the Gorilla Social Work Podcast. This is Justin. Today we are going to get into a discussion about recovery, what that process looks like for clients, how we can better assist them and help them through that process. And if you want to know more, you are just going to have to keep listening. So we'll end up getting into that. So this episode is brought to you by Alpha Counseling and Treatment, which provides emotional strength for a better living. And we provide services in individual, group, and family counseling. If you want to know more, check out the website at utahsbesttherapy.com. Also, make sure you check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff as we get that up and rolling. It's Guerrilla Social Work Podcast, G-U-E-R-R-I-L-L-A, Guerrilla Social Work. So check that out, and then we will get in today's discussion into today's discussion on recovery.
1: I'm cheat. I cheat on the weekends now, though. Dude, I, I have to. If I don't have pizza for, I it. Have I'm not to, yeah. gonna do it if I can't have. If well, I can't what's crazy
0: eat, is that is how that guy was talking about. I'd have to look it up, but he was talking about the supplement that they're coming out with now. Like, I guess another, I want to say, competitor of his, but another company makes it where you take the supplement, then you can just eat a bowl of pasta, and then basically your body just stays that's in that ketosis.
1: Keto, well, that's see, I, I need to ask a question on that because that part. Are we recording now? Yeah, that okay. part doesn't sit right with me. So like. The, all right. So the idea is that I could eat a bowl of spaghetti, and then I could take my keto OS. That's the name of the supplement that I take, and it puts me into ketosis. Which might be true. Maybe it does put me into ketosis. But the thing is, I still have all that glycogen in my body. It, like that, it's not like the supplement burns the glycogen. Like my body's going to digest that. It's going to no, throw sugar it, into yeah, my. Yeah, but system. it
2: won't though. That's the so like. Where does it go? You just crap it out, dude. Okay.
1: Well so, I mean, that's what I wanna
2: know. I wanna get, So like if you're it well it's just like if you do if you drink a so protein is like notoriously difficult for your body to digest, you know? So if you drink a, a protein shake without having created an environment for it to absorb and synthesize, in other words availability. Like, yeah, like if you haven't worked out and you just drink protein, you're not gonna get much absorption rate. So all those like you know <laughs> It's, it's like we were talking about supplements last week with mm-hmm. like you blast cycle <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: thermonuclear <laughs> Thermal cell nuke or whatever it was. Crush your lungs. <laughs> <laughs> Eliminate. Your, your, no wait, I I need those. <laughs> That's, uh, Eliminate uh, your awful veins. advertising.
2: Yeah, but like um uh I, I <laughs> there was a... There was a um, Optimum Nutrition came out with one. It was called um, hydrolyzed or something. like Anyway, but it said like pre-digested protein. I was like, I well, so what do you mean by that? Like, like somebody ate it and puked it up, and then and then you know, like then I'm eating it now. Or, and it obviously, it was enzymes. But the thing it, they're trying to say is because with protein, you're you're trying to get absorption. That's the yeah. that's what you're trying to do. And if you try to get like you know eighty ninety percent absorption rate, then you're doing really good. But otherwise, you just crap it out. Your body just says, "Nope, I don't need it," and then just goes through. It doesn't even absorb it at all. So I, you're. So well, I want. I would imagine it it's something similar like that. I, I guess I just want it. That'd be that'd be awesome if you just shit out noodles, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Like, it's like undigested it's, noodles, it's like when you well, eat they, peanuts. But it's- <laughs> yeah, and I don't know the exactly how it works, but that what the guy was saying in that podcast. Is he himself was taking it and doing blood work and he would check his blood work after he was still... That does not make sense to me, but... <laughs> yeah, how, that how that, okay, work.
1: but so so now hold on a second. Aside from losing weight, what does it do? Energy and focus is huge. That, that's, that, that has taken over anything that... So my, my weight loss went from 214, I'm about 204 mm-hmm. right now. That, that was cool, I guess. I move a little bit better on the mat when I'm grappling. Great. But I don't crash during the day. I well, neither do I. I. Well, I used to.
2: That's what that's what Ma- stimulants are made well, for. <laughs> well you
1: might you you might be I, I think it's called like carb adapted. Like I mean you, your body just might handle it really well. And Well so what what do you have to do? you have to eliminate sugar? Yeah. Oh I wouldn't say eliminate no.
0: it. it's gotta be ultra low. Oh, well, yeah, like uh, twenty I think twenty grams of carbs is what twenty to thirty is like yeah. a pretty heavy keto. Well so it depends on how how strict you wanna be like a general I could be wrong here on my my facts yeah. but like general like when this first came out like the Atkins diet kind of stuff or just yeah. like a general yeah. keto diet you can actually have I was reading it was like saying up to 50 grams of carbs in a day but if you're aiming for weight loss you go a little lower You want to be a little lower I like usually but, around 20 So the whole Atkins, idea is you're.
1: I did that in high school I, I well I did it wrong but I, I was like well I know that carbs are I'm you know apparently carbs are bad cuz when I first heard of Atkins I'm like well fats bad too So all I did was eat protein. All I had was like probably for five weeks, I just ate tuna fish, like dry. This was my senior year of high school and eggs. And that's really it. And I lost 15 pounds, almost all of it muscle. And my energy sucked it was awful I, but now that I've done it this way I'm, I'm I have like way more fat I'm eating tons of fat like stupid amounts of fat and I feel awesome They're so' just for me alone so, that's enough for justification
2: so you're saying talking. there's more see I just need to see it like be demonstrable and and by by demonstrable I mean I want I want you whoever is the purveyor of this to outdo me in something and if you can do that's that, what if, you, what if you? What if that's well. how science works in my no, head, bro? It but what <laughs> if you
0: tried it and outdid yourself in something? <laughs> so I'll tell you what. Let, I, but the, the, who? What does this do guy night, do? What I'll does do this guy?
2: We'll have a pull-up
1: contest. Oh, and okay. Prove keto okay. Yeah, or okay, so or we'll have
2: a bench press contest.
1: Yeah. Well, your logic sucks. We'll have, we'll, have, we'll roll. So we'll do some jujitsu. We'll see. What does what does this guy look like? That was
0: go oh, marathon? Uh, I, to, I to pull him up. Well, no. So that's he, the, that's the big. thing. He's in shape. Yeah, he's a oh, he's a fit dude. Can he bench press four twenty? He can bench press. Might, he might be able to do forty pull ups. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't can he, use yourself. Can, he, litmus can test he do like one
2: hundred and thirty push ups in two minutes? I don't know. Maybe he can uh, deadlift five hundred pounds. I'm not sure. <laughs> 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 he probably can't do either of those <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah. Well, can he do an Iron anything. Man? You can't, can he do an Iron Man? Probably not. Okay. Well, so this is this is all I'm saying. Like I'm saying. Like okay, if you're overweight, like. Just, dude, if you ever try to tell me to stop eating Sour Patch Kids, I'll kill you. I'll kill you, bro. If you have a diet that says... You could eat them still, though. Sour Patch Kids, Coke Zero and protein, I'll be all all on board. I think 0
0: is good on it though. Apply no
1: this to the process of recovery. <laughs> no, no.
0: That's next the, time. This
1: this yeah, this fits. <laughs> no, listen, well, no, listen
0: so, to that podcast though, that recent one. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that one he just bought was like 4 or 5 ago. This dude yeah. was on there. No, I mean I, I Dom something. Yeah,
2: yeah, so no, again, I'm just saying like in my this is so this is applying to process of recovery. I just say Okay, well, if I'm getting overweight, go run, go run, and get that off. But keep enjoying the things that you like in life. Don't take those things away what from you me. If you don't enjoy running, man, figure it out. That's
1: figure true. it out. Which would be keto, or oh, or lifting weights, or swimming, or jujitsu. Okay, or not eating at all. This is or the part. This is the part that I don't. I don't like. I don't run.
2: I don't run and try to act smug towards people, but people on diets yeah, you are dude. smug
1: towards me, bro. I've never given like, you
2: evil. No, I didn't shit. say you. I said yeah. people. Like, uh, oh, I'm on the gluten free diet. Uh, well, yeah, those people are awful. Sorry, Nita. I know you don't
0: eat gluten, but, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, but part, oh, you have but a legit. That did sound like her. Well, yeah. part of the problem is, is <laughs> I, like, some people would go about these diets and then not do it right. Like generally, like when you think of like. Low carb or Atkins, people just think, "Well, I'll just still eat what I'm also eating. I'm just going to eat less carbs." Like you were saying, that doesn't necessarily yeah. work. Like it's kind of like I'm going to eat less carbs. I'm also going to like boost the crap out of my fat. And then people would also say, "Well, I got to boost my protein too." Where keto is uh, actually uh, pretty low on protein. it, is, well. yeah. it,
2: it, it to me feels yeah. so. This is this is how I'm going to tie this into today's lesson. It Don't feels like it. another fad, is what it feels like, it right? Might be. Because here's 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 the thing about this. So one of the things I say is. If, you, if you're overweight and you're trying something new, right, good for you. I'm glad you're doing it. Keep doing it. But it's not just any one thing. There's no, uh, there's no magic bullet, right? Your getting to the point of obesity was a process. You, it took time, right? It took time to get you there. You weren't like born fat you know, or whatever. Sure, genetically you may have been predispositioned to be that way. I understand. But it took you time to get there. You had to make multiple decisions. And so getting back to square is going to be a process. It's not going to be any one thing. Enhance the process of recovery.
1: <laughs> nice tie. Nice tie. If, if you're trying to sell me on the idea that shortcuts don't work, I'm with you. I get that. But yeah. Well, it's
2: like it's like when that CrossFit dude beat you on that pull-up competition up at the Spartan thing. Remember that. When he beat you on that, I sure end. do, <laughs> dude. Well, what what infuriated me about that is that that he wasn't doing legit pull ups. He was doing that those freaking you know
1: spastic baboon kipping pull ups. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like yeah. you t- t- pause, I was like,
2: oh yeah, I remember pause. my coach, Mister Reader, telling me those were cheating. Is what those were back in Mr. Mount Ogden Reader. Middle School. Mr. He told me <laughs> I can't swing my legs and try to use hey, momentum man. to get myself up. <laughs> hey
1: man, you can't swing like that, man.
0: <laughs> that <laughs> I think guy, that was awesome.
2: yeah.
0: yeah, he's awesome. Dude, listen to that podcast
2: though. I, I should, will, should, maybe. At least, yeah, this, I don't want to hear that guy talk can about. Can you at stupidness. least? Well,
0: give the whole me thing is with like any type diets. Type of there's of the multiple doubt. diets that'll work. Kind of like you can eat plenty of carbs and go that route and make it work. But then you can also switch it to, oh, well, I want to get my primary source from fat and make that work too. So it's kind of like a lot of them can work. Any of them could work really if you if you make it work. I think it's just That's a matter a of point. What, what ones what, which do I one like. an effort into. Yeah, in which one, one? Which one's easier for me to maintain or try? Like.
2: I like the burn more calories than I take in technique. That one well, does that's
1: work pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I mean that works. Well, that was. Can, a, that can was you a... at least give me the benefit of the doubt that I'm not a slouch and that if I noticed any like drop off in my physical ability, I Placebo. probably would have it. Placebo. Okay, but it works. Whatever. Right. they were pretty good. Yeah. They had a great song. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, just, talk Pierre about your thing, Justin Marnay. What are we doing? <laughs> uh, you're like. Oh, yeah, I was going uh, to yeah, intro this podcast. Yeah, you are going to intro this podcast. Yeah,
0: geez. But I'd rather talk about how good the keto diet is. Do it. And that Mace is, he could be a lot better. So
2: like I was saying, so I'm setting my push-up record this Thursday. I'm shooting for over 127 in two minutes. And if that keto guy can match that, or even... That eat, does
1: not... It you, does. That is a no, it, it would be. It, it would
0: be if you beat your record... And then went to a, like a strict keto diet after a while, and then tried to rebeat your record and then, like, i I basically that's what you would have to do yeah. I couldn't do one push-up you'd have to you'd have to compete with yourself
2: I would convince myself it, it'd be a negative placebo effect. <laughs> I would have convinced myself this is bullshit ahead of time, and I'd do like fifty push-ups dude because... if Zach
1: is listening to this he's gonna shit his pants listening to your lack of knowledge of <laughs> research methods man <laughs> that is not how you measure it. but think about like everything
2: everything though. I've always, even with jujitsu or when I was doing the cheerleading thing and all that stuff, I always reduced it to as long as I'm stronger than everybody else, I'll win. <laughs> and most of the time, that works, bro. Like, <laughs> I, I research you, that, homie. Are, I'll
0: give you that. That's fair enough. You are strong. That, I'll give that, you that. Works for me. You're strong. That works for me. Strong-headed. But anyways, so yeah, we we'll have what we'll future debates on the keto diet. Yeah, we were were talking about, as this goes into, we were identifying triggers in the last episode but then talking about how it can be really easy for, whether it's clients or ourselves or whoever dealing with, if we're in the middle of struggling with, like whether it's addiction, something compulsive or something unhealthy that kind of like we talked about with the limbic system as far as being in the routine of that, tying that into something sexual and in a sense feeling like we quote unquote need it. But we see this a lot with our clients when we're talking about pornography in the last one where we're saying, Okay, you cannot watch pornography because it's a stipulation, whether it's directly, you're not allowed to view it or possess it, or you're not allowed to view something that is sexually stimulating. You know, whatever right. that whatever that may be. So there's times clients will come into treatment and say, Hey, that's kind of frustrating. Like you're just kind of saying, Hey, I should completely just be a hermit and close myself off and not do anything. And it's kind of like no, we're not necessarily saying that, but you do need some time of abstinence. You do need a period of being able to get away from it. Not only that. But if it's really that difficult for you to avoid something at the risk of you're going to go to prison over it or you're going to go back to jail over it, then there's obviously an issue here. So we've got to, you know, quote unquote, zoom out and kind of see what is going on around that. And I think that's usually what's going on is in those moments, they've either fooled themselves or we've tricked ourselves somehow into kind of thinking, well, this really isn't that bad. But it's kind of going back to that. I'm so focused on just what I want right now. I'm so focused on what I need right now. I'm not even looking at. All the other very simple things that could be going on that are actually leading up to this. Mm-hmm. Well, think about uh, how many
2: clients you have or you guys have dealt with where their PO kind of gives them, you know, their probation officer, or their parole officer kind of gives them an ultimatum, right? If you do this again, I'll send you to prison, right? Yeah. And then yeah. inevitably they end up doing it again, right?
0: Right. Because yeah, so, they're happens. just trying to stop, that's it. Right. They're just saying, okay, I won't do it anymore. Right. But they're not fixing any of the stuff that leads up to that final decision of, "Oh, okay, this doesn't seem that bad," even mm-hmm. though I could go back to prison or back to jail or get kicked out of treatment. They don't so see it as so, a final decision. Yeah, so something's happening along the lines like so say so say there's a, if I have a, a you know 26 dominoes laying out and a domino A is, "Yep, never going to do that again. Things are going great. I love my life." And domino Z is, "I'm downloading porn right now." Okay, all those other dominoes had to fall in there. How did you get to B? How did you get to C? How did you get to D? What happened way back there? Not just oh crap, we're at W. Well, we better do something. You know, it's like what happens at A? What tips A over? What tips B over? Well, so the, I, the, I, and the, I don't think uh, they see that chain of events. Oh, definitely like not. That. Yeah. Well,
2: I've a lot of it though too out. is is they use a, um, and I don't know if this is a, um, I don't know if that you can put a name to this. And maybe you guys can help me out here. But it, there's certainly a cognitive distortion at play here because a lot of times sure. what they do say is is Okay, well, your ultimatum of sending me to prison for this one behavior is unreasonable. And because that's unreasonable, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Because that's an unreasonable consequence, and I don't agree with it. And so my behavior doesn't necess- necessitate you taking me to prison. And so I can overlook it, and e- and even think, okay, well, you know, maybe I trick my mind into thinking, okay, it's not going to happen, or his superiors are going to override him, or there's no way he means it, because there's no way that that's true. Where the where the PO, you know, definitely is being true about that. It reminds me of when uh when I was a kid and um what we were so we would left school sometimes in high school right (laughs) we went back to my house one time and my friend uh, Chris he was flicking pennies at me and dude he was so good at (laughs) flicking pennies like he was you're you're gonna tell this story huh yeah nobody died so 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 he's flicking pennies at me and now, now, again, I so just put yourself in the place of Chris, right? I can't believe you're going to tell this story. Knowing everything you know about me, <laughs> right? Awesome. Knowing yeah. That's 16. Stat, I mean, come on. The statute no, no. of limitations on being a dumbass runs out. I know, after. I'm along for the ride. I yeah, just, okay.
1: I'm surprised you're bringing it up.
2: Now I'm, now, I'm telling you, like, you have to understand, the guy was like a world-class penny flicker, like to the point where he <laughs> would leave welts on you, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And and again, I, it wasn't warranted. I wasn't doing anything. I'm sitting there like watching TV and he's just flicking pennies at me. And then, you know, it kind of gets to the point where he's, oh, it's funny because it's bothering him, you know, <laughs> like that kind of shit. And so then so then now look now completely rational, <laughs> completely rational. So I go and I grab my my uh, my my 22 caliber rifle, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I bring it in, and Should I just hit your mute button. Yeah, or... <laughs> and I put a bullet in it, and and lock and load it. And and again, now look, nothing has happened. Nothing has happened at this point. But I tell Chris, I say, now Chris, friend of mine, okay, if you flick one more penny at me, I'm gonna shoot you with this gun. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. And now, and now again, I say, Chris, now look, I'm not. Look, here's the thing, man. If you stop. Nothing's going to happen. We'll just go about our day. No harm, no foul. Nobody wins. You win. You win. You got, look at all these welts on me from this pennies that you've been flicking at me, right? And, and, but, so if you flick a penny, it's basically committing suicide. Like that's, that's <laughs> equivalent at this point. So do you understand? Yeah, I understand. And he flicks another fucking penny, right? So there, <laughs> so now we're off to the races. Now I was never going to shoot the dude, right? But, he ran through, he ran, he he started running because I grabbed the gun, of course. He gets up and starts running, and I grab the gun, and then through a wall, like I shoot in front of him, so at least the drywall comes out, you know, in front of his face, and he gets, you know, a little <laughs> little powder in his face or whatever, and he <laughs> comes out, and I'm like, dude, come on, I told you that was going to happen, like, <laughs> fair
1: warning. yeah, fair warning, <laughs> now, that's a little extreme. Why would he have ever thought that you were just exaggerating the threat? Isn't this like a scene out of Alpha Dog? <laughs> <laughs> i mean but think think about it
2: what what would you do would you like oh yeah I, I probably should flick another penny at him let's see what happens if this i mean there's a loaded gun well, he, he kind of
1: had to at that point oh yeah oh, you kind of got dared you know <laughs> <It was laughs> at that of... point chris's hands were tied yeah except for his ability to flick that penny yeah there it is so that
2: yeah. might be an extreme example but
1: <laughs> that is extreme
2: yeah i usually i usually tell that though and say look i mean you know you you again the threat that i put against you
1: sometimes you can't let that overrule your sensibilities so would that be black white thinking then kind of all or nothing absolutist thinking type deal like if you tell me i can't access the internet that's unreasonable screw it i'm going back it's kind of like the the dude has in his head limited his choices to two outcomes prison well that's it prison yeah you know prison and prison, prison i get and i get out play play on the internet or prison anyway
2: i get i guess i get i guess i would call it maybe um i don't know i'm i'm winging it here but external external irrationality internal self-righteousness like you know
1: external what external irrationality, well, yeah internal self righteousness. well, well yeah, yeah. yeah so
0: think about like the analogy i've used and i, I generally use this with somebody that's failed a polygraph and is hiding things i try to use it as a way to look at it a little bit differently to help them be honest. But it's the same idea. So like you're saying, like internally, really what I'm doing is I'm justifying this It's just saying why it's okay. So I I tell someone when they're hiding something, think about if you had a friend that would, had a gambling problem. So how does a gambling problem happen, right? So the first time they go in there, they have a thousand bucks, whatever, and they lose it all. And they think, oh, crap. Well, there's like this small amount of risk. I know, I know it's not very likely that I can win. The odds are definitely in the favors of the house. But I can say... Well, crap, let me get another 500 out and go back in there. Boom, gone. Well, shoot, I know there's still a chance. Well, let me get another 1,000. Let me get more. So you're kind of saying at a certain point that thinking of gambling with very little odds of this paying off or getting something out of it has not worked, and it's gotten me into this spot. So I know it will get me out of the spot, that same exact thinking. Well, if I just gamble a little more, now I'll get out of it. It's like, no. You got to identify that that is not working for you anymore. Like so you
2: rather were, than just admitting you suck at gambling, yeah, you're yeah. a terrible just gambler. Keep trying, yeah, to push Yeah, that button.
0: well, well. So it's like, let, let's say somebody fails you know, a polygraph. Okay, deep down they know I'm hiding some stuff. Well if I try to hide it a little better or if I hide it this time now I'll pass or now they won't catch me oh I failed again well but now if I hide it's like no it's not gonna work like that's the thinking that got you there yeah like, this is this is a, the line of thinking that got you into this position so it, it is not working we need it, to try a different approach
2: it's funny though because at times I think if I were a client coming into these groups and some of the therapeutic cliches we throw at them you know um, I I I uh, I think would be confusing at times. Okay, so sure. so let me give you an example here. I don't even think Albert Einstein said this, but it, it's a very famous quote. That's on always, the internet.
0: That is good.
2: <laughs> yeah, but it just it's something that um, you know. In, in insanity is oh, yeah. continuing to do the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, right? Yeah. But okay. But then what about if at first you don't succeed, try try again? Or
1: well, that's conflicting, huh?
2: Well, right. Or like Abraham Lincoln, you know. He, Tried this and failed and tried this and failed. And and, or, you know, Michael Jordan, like I and one of his I love that one quote when he's talking about all the things he failed at and game winning shots and all that. And and that's why he succeeds. I'm kind of like, okay, so what? Yeah, 100 percent of the shots he don't Uh, take. Right. So so which is it, though, dude? I mean, like so you're telling me to to continue trying something. Um, because if I fail at it, that's okay. Because I should suck at something that I'm trying new. But then, I, then at the same time, ex- doing the same thing and expecting the same, th- uh, same or different results is insanity. Which, which is it, right? Yeah. So again, I think get away from cliches temporarily, like that. That mm. just uh, because they can be so damn conflicting. If I was hearing those two yeah, things,
0: that's true. Because then someone will be like, "Well, yeah, but some people do win again. gambling."
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's not the
0: point I'm making. The point just is keep keep yeah. trying. You know. Yeah. Well, I had a friend once. He went down there. With- okay yeah he won good you're losing one yeah but you're losing
2: well Yeah. yeah you look at i mean any any freak occurrence right any freak occurrence um like i just got done um reading a book about the uh, the Kennedy assassination, you know, mm-hmm. and they were just um and
0: about it being an con- inside job. <laughs>
2: yeah. So conspiracy so it's actually a book by Stephen King, it, it really good. It was called 112263. Uh, um and it it was uh, about this guy who was trying to stop the Kennedy assassination. And anyway, it, Stephen King did an afterward and on there he said he was about 98 or 99% sure that all the research he said that he looked at said it was Oswald, right? And that the chances of of Everything being perfect for Oswald to pull that off were, you know, astronomically, you know, I mean, in the millions, millions, a million to one. But but then he kind of made a statement. He's like, well, yeah, but in a lottery, you have, you know, billions to one odds and somebody always wins. So no matter what, that something's going to happen, like there's going to be there's going to be somebody who wins that. And there's going to be one of those things that do happen, because that's just how that's just he was saying against
1: all odds. He still hit that shot.
2: Correct. Correct. Like, so he was he was well. And again, he wasn't I don't I'm not I'm not speaking for Stephen King here. I'm saying Why what not? he was saying in there was he was all the research he did for it was he was 99% sure that it was Oswald. And in the book, it, it is Oswald who's doing the shot, right? So, um they basically and he was saying, you know, all the conspiracy theories aside, yeah, there's there, there part of it was because he was killed before he could fully confess to it, right? But the idea there is is that that no matter how off the chances are, you know somebody 's going to hit it, so the gambling thing I think that the argument fails on its face because it's it 's like the idea that oh i 'm going to be that one no you 're not bro like mm-hmm. and and again are you are you willing to stake your freedom? are you willing to stake your recovery on the likelihood that that 's going to happen and it 's probably not going to happen, mm-hmm. so I think when you start factoring percentages it's
0: really helpful. Um, and- well, that's, that's funny you said that because that's exactly what happened in a group once. So I brought that up in a group, and obviously most people are in there thinking, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah I'm kind of gambling with my... And of course you get the few guys that are understandably like, well, you know, but there is a chance, or there is this, or there is this. And realistically, that's kind of the thinking that has gotten them into that point of like, how can we finagle around what's right and finagle around? And so that's what somebody said. Is, he said, what if... What if uh, he made a good point. He's like, so what if in your, in your therapy... You had this this option where your therapist says, "I'm going to give you one of two things. One, it's like .04 per chance, 4% chance likely to happen, or you know, 99. Point blah blah. Why would you pick the f-? like? If you looked at it that way, there's no way you'd pick the .04, yeah. but you're picking that like every time. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but with what payoff? Like the worst payoff ever. And the guy right. was kind of like, "Oh yeah, I guess kind of like if you look at it that way. So yeah, it's, it's like you just said, like the percentages kind of thing. Like, not only is that a gamble, but let's like highlight." Why that's a gamble, like how bad of a gamble that is. I just, I just thought of something that might answer this, and
1: it also involves using a cliche. So, I mean, the, the idea you that. You
0: miss 100% of the fish in the other sea.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's just it. You're all, okay. It's so the practice makes perfect thing. So, that, that's actually a misnomer. Practice makes perfect because if you are practicing with crappy technique, you're not going to achieve perfection you know like i'm definitely the worst basketball player in this room no you're not this close then but <laughs> we can have a competition to yeah, see who's worse a, sh- a shitty competition <laughs> like if i decided that i want to improve my free throw percentage and i practice using my current technique i'm not going to get much better maybe a little you know i could shoot 500 free throws a day for the next six months and my improvement is going to be negligible i know my form sucks but if the idea if we can agree that perfect practice makes perfect then you know if i if i watch tapes of like jeff hornacek or somebody that was really good at free throws and i make my technique and mirror his i'll bet you i'll get better you know and so would you have to wipe your face before you I shot t- yeah? everything you do. he did yes wipe <laughs> my face twice look like yeah um What are we gonna say? Have a shitty haircut? (laughs) No, he was cool. (laughs) Already there. Uh, Actually, I don't know. He's a sweaty trash on my wife. Um, But if our our clients are telling themselves that if they practice this, you know, if they if they do it enough, they'll succeed. Well, I mean, like with gambling, like good luck perfecting that. You know, also with trying to. Dig your way out of a hole that you've spent in the last 30 years conditioning yourself to respond to along this addictive compulsive behavior and you and you're trying to pull yourself out using improper technique. In other words, the opposite of what we're telling them as their therapist, like they're going to suck. But if they practice the technique we're telling them, they'll do all right. Well, mm-hmm. think about this, too. I mean, I'm not a big fan
2: of practice makes perfect anyway because I think perfection is pretty boring. I mean, if I was and probably not going to happen, right? If I was perfect at something, first of all, I think that's an, an impossible concept. Secondly, yeah, if I was that
1: shot ninety percent or something, if,
2: if you were if you were perfect at jujitsu, think how boring that would be. Oh yeah, but right, I mean, yeah.
1: you'd waste everybody. What would be the point? It'd of It'd be even cool the, for a few months.
2: Yeah, because you know? I mean, you get a lot of praise and whatnot, yeah. but but after a while, it's like yeah. this is stupid. You yeah. know what I mean? So. I think it's I think it's more important to say you know practice makes progress, perfect practice makes progress, and and if I can make progress on these things over time, I, I mean don't sell them a bill of goods that that what you're going to do these these little things are are you know. Um, you, you're not abraham lincoln bro i mean you know like it's not going <laughs> to happen like so so there are again that's the whole <laughs> like when your teacher says y- you can do anything if you put your mind to it. it's like oh no, I, can, can't. I can live on the sun <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that like, well, within the trying reason. fly yeah. for 36 years i yeah. yeah. can't yeah. so so the, but but i think people are more when they talk about their offense they're more comfortable talking about it as if it 's a freak occurrence, like this this came out of nowhere yeah. and and this and this just happened right so this was this was a lottery this is this is this is the odds of a lottery happening and and that day my number hit and
1: that 's why i that 's why I offended there's no way it'll ever happen again. it was that weird anomaly it happened in a vacuum right it wasn't yeah so the
2: process of recovery this lesson just goes over i mean a, a big thing we 're targeting here is was, so we were talking about sexual risk management, stage of change, emotion management, problem solving. A big piece of this is like you were talking about those dominoes, you know, A through Z. Well, let's look at every single factor that we possibly can that contributed to your decision to sexually offend. Mm. Given all the circumstances, okay, and all things being equal, anybody else in those circumstances with your life history and your thoughts, your feelings at that moment probably would have done the exact same thing. Let's just acknowledge that. It's not you're uniquely broken. You're not some hideous monster. It's that given those set of circumstances, this was what you thought to be the best decision at that moment. Okay. So again, you you, you line up the uh, the the entire constellation of events that led to their offense, and you break that down and help them understand that. So it was it was a process. Acting as if it's a freak occurrence and it's and it's a singularity doesn't help anything that we can accomplish in treatment because there's nothing to break down. How can you control for a singularity? How can you control for a freak lottery win? You know what I mean? You can't. You can't control for that because the odds are stacked against you. So when you teach it to a client like that, then they say, oh, well, yeah, and and I'll just tell a client, unfortunately, cognitive behavioral therapy ain't going to do shit for you, homie. It's not going to do anything for you because our ability to help you understand where in in this thought, this chain of events of your thought process... I was faced with a situation, here was my thought, the here was the corresponding emotion, that emotion led to a behavior and here was the positive naked consequences from that and then I learned from that and then I went on, right? And then I continued to go yeah. down. And maybe that went on a downward spiral and continued to regress and I found myself in other situations and all those other things and then I, you know, and then it turned into a but understand that was a process. That wasn't a freak occurrence, you know? And and most of the time if we can get a grip on what was going on in their life, Usually, that gives us a pretty good sense of, oh yeah, yeah. But naturally, you would you would find yourself no. in that situation. Well, I like
0: the I like the way you put that because that's that's the way I've, I've kind of mentioned that sometimes. I think it was based on something you told me right back when I first started. But if someone's kind of entertaining that, what you usually see right out of the gate, yeah, they're either embarrassed or they've really built you know, built these defense mechanisms up in their head, and they actually believe some of this stuff, which we can do to ourselves. But it's that idea. So someone's saying yeah, it was just kind of a freak thing, it just happened. And I just say, so hold on, let's just think about this for a minute, though. Let's just say that really happened, which I don't think it did, but let's just say it happened. Let me explain this. So if I'm going to tell your PO and I'm going to tell the courts, well, he really can't respond to therapy because this guy just kind of does things randomly and he has no control over it. So <laughs> how's that going to sound to your PO? And then usually that you get like, a, uh, well, uh, that's not what I meant. You know, So it kind of just opens that door. It's like, first off, other things did happen and that's okay that 's normal, but that 's actually good because now we can look at it and actually address that kind of stuff, but it 's kind of highlighting like if I were to parrot kind of what you just said to me in like a therapeutic way, how 's that going to sound? How does mm-hmm. that sound and yeah. usually it when it I sound like an unhinged animal yeah you 're just going to go like lose your shit as soon as you walk out the door, and if that 's the case, I need to tell your p o that you 're pretty high risk because you can 't even control what you 're doing well that 's the hard thing though because they believe it, and yeah. they do oh, and sure. I mean
2: so the thing is 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 um <coughs> I, you know, I um, I, I like that you bring that out, and if you can do that and not do it in a mocking way, yeah, then you're you're good on it. Like, um, I was actually really one of my clients presented a level advancement the other day, and I was actually pretty proud of him in the group. So this is my way too many group people in there, but they the group really. Ha- so this was a, a a pretty big group that has transitioners who are in the halfway house who came from prison. They're doing aftercare, so they just are fresh out of the program that was in the prison. So his his he I said, hey, can you share with the group a little bit about your offense? And so he talked about this, and he said, well, so what happened was, is um, I dated this girl, um, and we had gone out on a couple dates and you know kissed before, but nothing too major. Hadn't seen her for a few months, um, and then we were at a party with me and my buddies. Now everybody's above twenty one, so there's no, you know, children involved here. Uh, we had some drinks. We were playing strip poker. She was completely naked in front of me at one point or another. Um, and then we went up to this, you know, area where we were going to go sleeping. Cause they had like bunk beds and stuff. This was in some cabin out in the woods. Um, and they were under blankets making out. Right. And she's completely nude. Right. So she's completely nude. And, and, um, there's, you know, people around their friends are there playing cards or something like that. And she audibly says, are you guys going to leave or what? You know? And, um, and then, They start making out more and more, you know, and then and then he kind of puts his hands down her pants and, you know, digitally penetrates and then goes from and then they stop. So they say no. So in other words, you know, layman terms, he fingered her and then moves on from there. Right. And so she she said, oh, we should stop immediately stop and then leaves. And then later on, um, the police come to to there the next day and they say, you know, do you know why we're here? And he thought it was an unrelated charge that was coming up and um, and then they said, Nope, there has been some accusations against you from this girl, or whatever, and we have d n a evidence. He's all, well, of course, you do have because it was totally consensual, Good you know happened. right and uh so so he presented that, and he and he said, so you know, um really it it I have a hard time calling her a victim, um, and he called her by her name, which was I won't repeat it here, but um, he doesn't like calling her a victim, and i and i I don't like that either, I just say you know i I think the more you know, <laughs> it 's funny because we took my victim and turned that even into more of a semantics trap, and said the person I victimized, and I think well humanize that person and give them a name you know so call that person by their first name and just talk about them as a human being anyway. Um, he presented that to the group, and that was his, that was basically his disclosure he 's like that 's why I 'm here is because ultimately this turned into my word against hers, and I was charged with object rape you know initially, and I was facing fifteen years to life. And then the prosecutor said, or I'll give you a class A misdemeanor and you got to do sex offender treatment. What would you do? And he's all, I had a lawyer who the first case brought it out and it brought a bunch of religion into it. And I fired him immediately thereafter and I ran out of money. Like, you know, what would you do? Now, you can imagine guys coming out of prison. How do you think they?
1: Uh, they jumped to <laughs> shit.
2: Well, they were so and and yeah they were all over him saying and they were trying to say well do you think that maybe she could have had a little bit of trauma and that's what and he's also look here's what I've learned from this is get and I and I put it to the group I said okay all things being equal you guys are adults drinking playing strip poker you're in bed with this girl you've hooked up with her before and and um and she and she um, oh, and she was married too. There's that's another kicker. But it, you know, I said even if she was married, like you, you're telling me you're in bed and she's like putting her hands down your pants, like you're gonna stop. Like if she said you're, I mean you, that's what's gonna come to your mind. How many of you would have just went for it? Of course you would have, right? You're already that far, and you're telling me you would have stopped, right? So, so he and he said, well, yeah. So what I've really learned from this, um, he said, you know, initially. I, I can't take this, some of the assignments here are hard for me to deal with because I can't look at myself as a deviant pervert because I don't think that I am. What I do have a h- hard time with is I'm really attracted to chaotic women and and I and I allow myself to get into relationships that put me at risk with, with girls who I, you know, that's true. I don't know anything about her past. What I can say is a girl who would be willing to do that on the first night that we were hanging out there's something about her that says maybe she's a little bit unpredictable. Maybe I don't know where this is going to go. And so because of that, I need to protect myself because any one of us in a situation that are faced with my word against yours, you raped me. That's a tough spot to be in no matter what.
1: Yeah. His hire situation was not forcing people to do things they didn't want to do. His higher situation was not pornography. It was chaotic women. It's a lot. Li- it's a lifestyle type thing that after having, and I keep using the zoomed out thing, Justin, you know, after having, you know, taking a big look at things, he was able to see that, uh you know, that kind of, I mean, whether we're talking about chaotic women or just kind of that party atmosphere, that's, that's, uh, that's a high risk situation for him, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and not, not necessarily even just legally, obviously he got hit by the legal end of things, but just for. Being miserable, you know, being maybe being involved with somebody that's involved in a lifestyle that's unpredictable. Uh, I don't know whether or not he has any further legal problems. If he's able to get a handle on this, maybe at least his relationships will be a little smoother from here forward.
2: Well, right. So if you reduce if you reduce that guy's offense to, you know, this was just some crazy bitch or whatever. Right. What, What does that do for his treatment? No, I mean nothing, well, not right? Now, now again, I I try to say, well, why don't try to have some empathy for her? What if she truly believes that she was sexually assaulted? I mean, you can't you can't start you can't say, okay, let's have some empathy for homeboy here, and then say, oh no, the victim was just a piece of shit, you know, who accused. It's like, okay, if she truly believed that about herself, okay, you you again, you can question everything you want to about her mental stability. Fine, do that. That's okay. But if she truly believed she was a victim and felt she needed to go to the police, you nevertheless find yourself in a risky situation that you just, I mean, you have to you have to acknowledge. Like, that's a risky situation. I shouldn't be hanging out with girls capable of accusing me of sexually offending them if I even know that's possible. And I mean, ultimately, if any of you have seen Gone Girl, I mean, you know, you never really know the person sitting across from you, right? Just watched that again sure. last night. But man, you really, I mean, you... I, I wish I, think I could that show in group. Devel- well, and this is so. This is why the this is the second half of this. I think if you're able to convince a client that their sexual abuse was a process, it didn't just happen. Well, you're only halfway there because yeah. recovery is also a process. It's not a singular event.
0: Well, yeah, and it's it's kind of a you know, like you like you've used like unpackaging or unfolding the decision, kind of like mm-hmm. that's like the zoom out mentality. Like, and that like this one could be any number of things that is going on. So it's kind of recognizing. What leads up to this but not only that like what what void is it filling for me like this happened with a client i was meeting with last week we kept talking about he's basically like addicted to sexting is what it is so he's like he's like yeah i'll sex with all these girls like just crazy amounts of girls all the time but i really have no interest really of like going out with them or meeting them or like actually following through on it or anything like that but it just i keep going back to it so we're just kind of fishing this and i so i just kind of threw at him like well what does that represent like why texting like what's what's the disconnect where like if one of them wants to hang out wants to see you and through talking about this he's just kind of saying well at that point it becomes like serious like it's got to go somewhere so we ended up zooming out to the point where he realized well due to some of my past stuff that's gone on like bad breakups and he's been through a divorce he's saying for me it's kind of a way to have the sexual connection but there's zero risk of emotional commitment there is zero risk that i'm going to get close to this person and they could hurt me or they could leave so it's kind of like well now we're starting to get to this like you've been hurt. Like, so now it's like, I recognize I do need a connection. I do need something, but I don't want to put myself out there. So what's a way for me to pursue that with a pretty much zero risk of actually emotionally being hurt. But why is that? Why, why do you need zero risk emotionally? What's gone on? That's got you freaked out about being <laughs> well, emotional. That, gonna say, it's
1: interesting how he's defining risk. He's looking at what could potentially be healthy. Emotional connection as being the risky thing. Yeah. Not that. That's, that's a
2: well, because it it can lead to betrayal, obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But but again, but... the the factor is, and this is what this is what's so astonishing that you did, people just don't kind of innately realize is when you when you're having sex with another person, I mean, it involves another per that the X factor is I have no control over this other person. Yeah. Zero. I have no control over what they were how they're going to respond, and I mean, this is, and I and I and I say, well, so you know, if you think about a one night stand. Um on its face, I don't think sexually there's anything necessarily unhealthy with that as long as it's two consenting adults, right? No. I mean, it's like go to sure. a bar. I like what you got. You like what I got. Let's go like what each other got, you know, and then we do our thing, right? And then we part ways. The problem is, though, is within a matter of, of less than, less than uh, you know a, just a few hours, I'm going to put myself in the most vulnerable position I could possibly be in yeah. at that point in my life. I'm naked. In a room with a stranger, with the lights out, and inside of them, like I mean, come on, what yeah. what more risk could you put yourself out of? And point? I really don't know this person at all, right? Like, yeah. Now I realize just... it's fun and exciting yeah. and all that stuff, and of course, you know that like that's the thing. I know a lot of people do that, and for the most part, they all turn out not not all, but a lot of them turn out just fine. Nothing nothing happens, you know. But again, you can't control that other thing. So even for this, like the guy you know that, that we're talking about. I think, I mean, have you ever had a client that you came in and is like, okay, so what are you hoping to accomplish? And you're like, man, I want to get through this program and re-offend immediately. Like, you ever, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what are some of the things clients usually tell you guys when you first start off? I want to get through this. Right? Or yeah. I'm never going to do yeah. this again. Oh, right? yeah. Well, for sure. Yeah. Right. They're not insincere when they say that. I genuinely believe what, you know, if Justin's my client... And I say, Justin, what do you want to accomplish? He says, I'm never going to do this again. I mean, this this ruined my life. I'm never going to do this again.
1: They just have a very myopic view of things. They're so close to it, they can't see...
0: Well, the, the forest for the trees. Well, it's the, it's, the, it's the fear motivator. I got in trouble, my wife knows now, or mm-hmm. my PO is going to be in trouble. So, yeah, I'm gung-ho. This is, I'm all about it. Two months later, I'm in treatment. And kind of, eh, things are kind of boring well, again. Yeah, I'm there it right is. I'm back
2: down where I was. There it is. The Justin the sitting in front of me is a very sincere and genuine person, and I think he's telling me the truth. But that's the thing; it's not. So he didn't lie, and behind his mind, he is plotting and planning three months from now. Right. But shit changes in three months. That's the acknowledgement. So the acknowledgement is, I'm, I'm making a sincere and honest uh, statement about my motivation and what I intend to do, and that's be successful and not reoffend or do anything sexually. And it is sincere and it is genuine. We shouldn't make that mistake that think they're lying. But if I don't change things in three months. Then I'm going to be. I haven't. I don't have any. I don't have any other options than to continue doing the same behavior. This is why recovery is a process too. So, I try to fall back into the same pattern. Well, and what I try to think about is think about like this: recovery and and reoffense. Okay, Um, they're all. uh, It's like in a continuum. And what I'm saying is, is you're not just in one or the other, right? Most of our clients are in like this, like Justin said, this period of abstinence, which is about somewhere in the middle. I'm just going to do nothing and lay low and not go this way and not go that way, right? But then this is what you have to ask yourself is whatever life decision I'm making, whether this is getting a job, dating a girl, going out to the movies, how I'm going to spend my money, is this moving me towards recovery or is this moving me towards re-offense? There's a lot of things that have to happen in order to get me to reoffend. And again, reoffending, I mean, you know, we all know the diversity of offenses. I mean, you can do something as simple as you know, a lewdness charge or, you know, something as, as crazy as rape. So there's plenty of, of room for offend, reoffending. Okay. But recovery too, I have to ask myself, am I, is this uh like earlier we were talking about guys who are sending money to girls over the internet that, you know, are in South, South Africa and ask, you know, that looks super hot. Like, man, I really hit the jackpot here. No, she hit the jackpot, dude. But <laughs> yeah, you know, or, or, um, you know, that are, missing payments because they just had to have their cigarettes, you know, like no. I cannot go without those things. Is that a step towards recovery or is that a step
0: towards reoffense? No. You're not re-offending, but are you, which direction are you? Well, well I it heard takes a
1: while to get them to the point for them to see that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and I heard it, I heard this put a certain way a long time ago and it stuck with me. as just saying never with any of our choices, with anything that we're doing, are we ever neutral? Like we're always, no matter what, pursuing something yeah. or avoiding something. That's exactly no matter what, right. Which and there's like hundreds of things you can probably think of in your life that that's the case. But I think I think that's pretty accurate. You're like when people say, "I just want to play it cool and lay low." Well, you're not. You're avoiding. You're not working towards. Well, you're,
1: you're drifting one way yeah. or another. Yeah, you're not being static. You're not yeah. remaining neutral. It's, yeah, yeah. It's yeah no
0: matter trail. what, we're constantly pursuing or avoiding, working towards or working to get away from. Like, yeah. well, no yeah. What. Even if, in I mean, if I'm action
2: is action. If I'm minding my own business yeah. and stay. And this is. And again, I mean, if you're a community member listening to this, this is why you have to understand this. I mean. If you think if you think for a sex of, the safest thing for a sex offender is to just stay in their home and mind their own damn business, man. I mean, again, again, what you have to face is the reality of it that that's making that guy more dangerous. I mean, mm-hmm. unwanted social social isolation precludes criminal behavior. Yeah, it's let's, not, throw, let's throw a sign up in front of their house. That, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I'm just. I, I mean, right. so again, if if I if I just I think anybody with a moderate sense of willpower for one year can lay low and stay in their home and watch Netflix. Like, I mean, anybody could do that, right? For I could do that for a year. I could definitely do that for I a year. I don't know if I could do that. For a year? <laughs> you I really
0: put your mind to it? Well, if I, like there was like, a really There's a lot of stuff on Netflix, maybe. dude. Yeah, I don't know. I was laid <laughs> off from a job once, and I got – this was back in like 2008, 2009 where the economy was hell. Yeah. And they, I remember they I got a severance package that covered me for like three months, and we got approved for unemployment for two years. Oh wow! Years, and I thought, <laughs> "Holy shit, that's awesome!" I was like, "I'm gonna take like six, seven months off." Seriously, after two weeks, I was looking for a job. I was like, "How many times can you go to the gym in a day, or like yeah. how many movies can you watch?" Like, it got old fast. Though really? so I was bored out of my mind. Like, I'm yeah, thinking, but but I I, I would this is I I think though.
2: <laughs> I think though, if you're if you're coming out of prison, right? Sure. How difficult would that be? Sure. And a lot of those, I think, that it makes a lot of sense. to Those guys. For you, if the you've been working, right? If yeah. you've been working more than full time for the last, you know, half decade of your life, um, and and you fall into that, of course, that's going to be tough. And but but again, you've set the stage for expectations mm-hmm. on yourself that's a little bit more. No. Your your process that's been hit by a freak occurrence is now rebuilding and going back that way. So. Again, I think that um, a lot of times this is where we have to challenge these guys to not do those things. And recognizing, you know, it's the same thing with that guy. I, he was dating this girl, and she was kind of crazy. And I pointed out to him, I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> what? what is it? As like, so, so, again, this is a girl who's, she's 35. There's nothing wrong. I mean, they're totally of age. And I was like, think of all the warning signs that you see in this girl that you're bringing to my attention. And, and why on earth, given your offense, would you continue yeah. hooking up with this girl? It's, and I said, I agree with you. It's unlikely that this girl is going to accuse you of a sexual offense, right? But something's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Something's not going to go right. And you've, and you've nevertheless chosen to continue down this route. Like You have to check that. It's not, it's not going to make you reoffend sexually, but it's certainly going to leave more problems in your life and you're moving closer to reoffense. You're certainly not moving towards recovery. You have to be moving the other way. And when you look at it that way, you, uh, a lot of clients can buy into that. So so again, I think breaking it down to the process of your your sexual abuse just didn't happen. There was a process that led up to it. If I can convince clients of that, that's where I start. But then once I get them there, I say, "Okay, great. Your recovery is a process too. It's not just any one decision that's going to make me be successful. I have to make multiple decisions all the time every day.
0: Well, that's a tough one, too. And I know to, we're going to wrap up here, probably another episode. It kind of follows up on the motivation one that we were talking about, but it is kind of interesting. Interesting ideas. I mentioned like the whole I started looking for a job after two weeks, and you were saying, Yeah, you've kind of set the stage for expectation. That is definitely another difficult layer. It's kind of like, Say, for example, somebody is out of shape their entire life, they've never eaten well, you know, they've never worked out, and their friend who's in ultra good shape is like, Dude, it just feels good, get out and do it. What, how do you really get them to do it? Because they don't know that, they've never tried it. So, it's kind of like that idea of like if someone is like really not really had a healthy life or not been motivated and just has this person across the desk, who they feel like, Yeah, their life's great, they're probably well off, and they went to school, and this person's telling me, Yeah, it feels good, well, that's great, I've never had that. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that. How do you like make them thirsty kind of thing? Like, yeah, yeah. How, do you, how do you help them zoom out and realizing that zooming out is actually going to help, even though you don't feel that right now? You don't you actually you
1: know, have to loosen the reins and let them do that, shit then, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Well, yep. and, and well, there's a part of realistically for them, is it's, it's kind of like with, with therapy, you know, as, as much as we know. And I, I tell us sometimes when guys get really stuck in that, I'm like, here's the thing, man, like. Therapy's not magic. You're not going to come in here one day and I'm just going to drop this bomb on you and completely change your mind and this light's going to go off. This will only work if we talk about it and then you start just doing some of the stuff. Like you just have to do some of this. You kind of have to see that it does feel good. You know, you kind of have to see that it does help to be honest. Or that it does help to make a change. Like there's a part of it where it's just I which I think is the harder part, actually doing the changes, like actually making something happen.
2: Yeah, I well and and we'll wrap up here. Um, but, you know, think about like this. So you think about multiple types of therapy. Have I, either of you ever done physical therapy before? Yeah. Mm-mm. So I, I did physical therapy one time because I ripped my bicep tendon because our friend Aaron Ames was a piece <laughs> of shit. and.
0: I,
1: that's, that's what I mean. No, no, not
2: my bicep. I didn't rip my bicep off of my arm because I was an idiot, Jeff, like you did twice. Uh, my biceps are way stronger than that, and it wasn't my fault. So I was uh, – Aaron Ames, our buddy, was supposed to be spotting me, and I just happened to be doing massive amounts of weight and dumbbells on incline bench press. Handle
0: the weight. (laughs) I think that's what 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 he's saying. saying. (laughs) Yeah, he
2: couldn't quite hack it. So I went to failure like you normally do, and I told him not to like to spot (laughs) me. I said, "Hey, grab my wrists to spot me." He went elbows, and he went elbows, (laughs) and slipped. And dude, the weight came down and totally wrenched my arm right. And I had to go through this um, this huge process of, of of getting that back on board, but it took it took like about six months to get me back to square. And I was doing like these stupid little exercises with my arm to get blood flow into my arm to make it kind of repair itself, you know, and I got cortisone shots. But that took a long time and a lot, a lot of practice. Mm -hmm. It was not having, and so mental health therapy is no different than physical. I mean, there's no different, I need to practice that. I need to take these little interventions. I need to say, I'm going to do this. And guess what? I did that. And a week later, my arm still felt like shit. Like it didn't get better until like a month out. And I was like, oh wow, I'm finally seeing some improvement here. And then, and so again, mental health therapy is very much the same. Yeah. So again, get away from those cliches. They're useless. They're not helpful. Say, say, acknowledge, hey, this isn't going to work the first time. This isn't going to work the 10th time. You do this 30 times, and you're going to start seeing a small difference. You do this right. 100 times, you're going to notice some big-time changes. But it's on you to make those those decisions each and every time. Again, am I moving towards recovery, or am I moving towards re-offense? Yeah. Constantly ask yourself those questions. So by the by next podcast, I should be the new record holder. Or sorry. You already are. The I'll, I'll put myself in the one, two, and three spot, even <laughs> though Arlo refuses to do that. So uh for the record, hold for the two minute, the push ups in two minutes.
1: I'm gonna go ahead and put on on record. You're gonna get 135.
2: Uh-uh, one thirty five. Uh, I thinking. I just hope I get one twenty eight. That's all I care You'll about. One thirty five, and we'll see. Let's
1: wrap this bitch up.
2: Yeah, that's it. Right. Bye, bye, Dad.
1: Ugh.
0: That does it, ladies and gentlemen. Episode number five of the Gorilla Social Work Podcast on recovery. Hope you enjoyed that. If you have any questions, comments, please feel free to reach out. Contact us on all the good old social media stuff, Gorilla Social Work Podcast. Uh, looks like on our next episode, for number six, we're going to be talking about accountability. Hope you tune in for that one. See you later.